Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, uh, how's the Jersey life treating you? <laughs> I mean, it, it, we actually had snow the day of UFC 249, so that's that's where I stand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been hot as heck here. We got a little bit of a cool off. We're in the, we're in the 70s now, so life is a little bit more uh, California-like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I envy you guys, man. I mean, I think I tweeted the news about the snow in the morning, and I was just like, it it sucks here. It really does suck here. But uh, I mean, hey, man, you know, at least at least we had some fights to watch and occupy our time. I mean, not for nothing, you know, it was Mother's Day this weekend, and uh, my mom actually watched the fights, uh, the ESPN cards. Like, it was pretty cool to see my family get into it. Yeah, no, a lot of people were into it. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we, we waited till Friday night, as late as we could possibly wait, uh, what, <laughs> well, ne- nearly 10 o'clock Eastern time, to uh, to record uh, the the pre-show. And yeah. uh, and what happens, uh, the minute we hang up and, and stop <laughs> recording, uh, news of uh, Jacare testing positive, along with a couple of his uh, cornermen for, for uh, the coronavirus, so... That I know, man, of- and that that uh, Jacare Hall fight was one of the five fights to watch. I wrote about over at MMAnews.com. So, I mean, it sucks to lo- to lose it. I hope we get like updates as far as like, I mean, obviously he was asymptomatic, him and his cornerman. So, I hope we get updates as to like, you know, when he's out of quarantine and stuff. But I mean, I heard that his wife had it and stuff, and he kind of didn't disclose it. And now the UFC's changing their stuff for the next two events. Like, you need to say who you're around. But um, yeah. yeah. It up. seemed like there was some amateur amateur moves made, but uh, when it was all said and done, uh, it appears that well, so far we'll see if anybody tests positive. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if if still somebody comes out of that event with with a positive test. And when you're when you're testing hundreds of people, I mean, just the math tells you that you know if there's a million cases out of 360 million Americans, every 360 people you test, you're you're going to get a positive test. I mean, that's just the math, it works out that way. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that if the UFC said they did like 1,200 tests this week, um, we're bound to, to get a couple people. Um, yeah, and Dana White kind of addressed that at the post-fight press conference too. He was like, you know, he, we got the one, and he's probably not going to be the only one, but, you know, it's it's what we're doing. You know, yeah, I mean, you, you can't control those numbers. You really can't control because as little as we know. I mean, folks, I mean, the way this whole thing panned out as far as uh, – you know, we had Doc Lucas on talking about like uh, how it's, uh, you know, you need a crystal ball or whatever to really see the truth and, and you know, magic unicorns and shit like that. So, <laughs> so it, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it, it happened, uh, but it added a little bit of uh, tension uh, overnight. And you know, when I woke up uh, Saturday morning, I was you never know what you're going to read, you never know what you're going to see, and. Uh, being a fan of this sport, we're used to cancellations of fights and stuff, but you know, we're not completely used to cancellations of events. Um, but this is one where you kind of are just on pins and needles waiting for, for the okay. And you started seeing news and tweets coming out saying, Hey, we're still going, we're still going, everything's good. And then, uh, but you just never knew, you never knew if you were going to wake up Saturday morning and all of a sudden there was going to be, you know, 15 positive tests and, and all of a sudden it was mm-hmm. going to shut down, but thank God that didn't happen. Uh, I had my grill fired up, uh, 
had some, uh, had some burgers. <laughs> oh, I, I went old school. I, I, uh, I threw it back to a month and a half ago when, when we used to actually, uh, do this kind of stuff for fights. So, nice. uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I had a couple of drinks and, you know, like I said, uh, uh, mother's day was the next day. So, but had some fun talking with my mom as she watched the fights. My, my parents watched it. So it was, you know, it was not what I was used to, but like, as I said, I, I know I put it on Twitter that, I, that, uh, you know, usually I have to relocate from my home to a bar for UFC events. And, uh, it was nice to not have to be, not have to do that. So, yeah, it's kind of a, it that might, uh, might change some of the way you do it now. You don't, you don't feel so obligated to, uh, to storm. I mean, I know, I know you enjoy it, but, uh, now it's not like do or die. If I don't go to the bar, uh, you know, the experience isn't completely yeah. terrible, uh, watching, it, especially with the way you're doing your, uh, your articles and stuff, you can kind of get that out of the way quickly and, uh, don't have to wake up on. Yeah. I mean, I don't, ha- I don't have <laughs> Yeah, I don't have to rush uh, rush home to to do the post fight press conference. It was nice to just click click over and be like, "Oh, okay, here we go." Now, uh, press conference is starting, and uh, you know, it was it was uh, definitely definitely an interesting night of fights. I mean, that they uh, I was surprised that Joe Rogan interviewed all those fighters in the cage after ESPN reported that he wasn't. But uh, I mean, if he didn't care, you know, like I, I mean, once once it got going, it, it was nice to see some kind of normalcy. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it was it was weird uh, when they kicked off, and then they had uh, Rogan, Anik, and Cormier all together, and then the minute they started broadcasting, <laughs> they put them on separate tables. It looked like this, um, yeah. And, and then and then between the shows, they all got together again. And I noticed, uh, you know, when you kind of would see one of them sitting at their table, they would have a producer or something sitting two feet away from them mm. uh, at the at the table. So it was like, well. It was just kind of weird, but um, if it worked out, it worked out. And uh, I mean, again, odds are you're going to have some people test, but the majority of the people there are going to be, it, it's going to be fine to, to go about their uh, business as long as uh, it's not an overloaded arena. And uh, yeah, which it, you wasn't. Know, it, which one it thing, wasn't. One thing Rogan said that, that I was kind of like, yeah, man, I mean, obviously it's because of the state that's allowing it versus them doing it at the apex is he was like what do we need all this space for and i was like yeah but you know i guess if, if that's if that's what you can get then that's what you can get but um you know to do it in and i mean if, if there's if there's no crowds and there's not going to be any crowds for a long time um dana white even said today when he was talking to tmz you know he's he's kind of written crowds off and 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 uh live gates which was funny because at the post-fight press conference when he you know, he usually opens up with the gate and the attendance, and he was like, "Gate was zero, attendance was zero. So it was, it was, you know, it's not funny, but it was, it's, it's funny to see that that's no longer a thing. And and um, you know, he compared it to the Ultimate Fighter, how there's normally not any crowds there. And um, you know, I guess uh, if there's spaces like a warehouse or something in Florida that that where they can do uh, uh, you know, fights without that much, you know, with such such a huge huge venue then it's probably cheaper for them yeah the price but i wonder how uh i mean if you're in a smaller room then you're running the air conditioning going Mm -hmm. and everybody's kind of breathing the same air at least in that arena everything kind of dissipates a little bit so uh, you Mm -hmm. know i don't know if they're thinking about that but um 
that that could be something that would actually be helpful in, in theory would be kind of having as much open air as you want. Ideally, I would say a summer hits. Um, we'll see what happens with this fight island, but you'd think we mm-hmm. maybe we could get some outdoor shows. Um, yeah, kind of add I mean, a little bit of a. They're, a, they're saying those are going to be like on a beach or something, so it'll be old some old school bulldog level. Like, yeah, I mean that. Right? I mean, to me, that that's what I would. That's what I. If there's not going to be a crowd, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. I mean, an empty arena it just doesn't. That uh, you know, I don't mind there not being a crowd to watch on TV, but it'd be cool to have some kind of uh, ambiance around it. I mean, I was joking with my buddy saying, "Hey, I would have, I would have had some Hollywood studio build me a." you know, uh, King Arthur's castle or something to have, you know, you need have, or have some kind of fake backgrounds or something to the cage just to kind of, you know, maybe it would have made it cheesy. I don't know. But, uh, I I don't know. That's why I like fighting. I guess when we started watching it, there was a lot of cheesy stuff that that went on that kind of made it, uh, (laughs) kind of made it interesting. But, but once the fights kicked off, uh, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, skip a beat as far as enjoying them. There was no, uh, yeah, there were some of them were really great. Some of them were really good. I, you know, I, I like the crowd atmosphere, obviously going, uh, watching it on TV. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I don't really like that the corners and the fighters can hear the announcers and stuff that, that seems kind of weird. So maybe, maybe we can back them off a little bit. Like why would it hurt to have yeah, the, I mean, the announcers 25 feet away from the cage instead yeah. of, like like uh, if you remember the first season of uh, Dana White's Contender Series, I mean Uriah Hall and Snoop Dogg, or whomever was doing it, they had them. Uh, they had one of those those pairs. I know they had two different audio uh, channels that you could choose, and they had a Snoop Dogg. I mean, I liked it because obviously because it's funny to hear Snoop Dogg. Call That's the kind of cheesy stuff I'm talking. Yeah. about, you know. But, but they had them separate and, and watching on a screen. So maybe if I mean I think they should ask the fighters and see was that distracting for you? Obviously hearing. Because there was fighters that said they could hear the the stuff that Cormier and, and Rogan were saying as far as you know positional you know disadvantages and advantages and then the other thing too that I that I wondered that I was hoping um I know I know Luke Thomas spoke to a couple of guys today or he's gonna like if they can find out if if it was distracting as the fighter hearing the other opposing corner you know yell stuff out um because I remember when I competed in uh, jujitsu when I started. At the Copa Atlantica in uh, in uh, Clifton High School, this is a long time ago. But my second opponent, you know, his the guy coaching him was standing next to the guy that was coaching me, and he's yelling, you know, submissions at me. And I, I literally heard him say, you know, go for the armbar. And then I heard his his coach say he's going to go for an armbar. And it's like, well, of course, everyone hears it, you know. But I, don't I, don't mind, I don't mind that as much. I feel like that's just kind of part of the game. I just, uh, when you have outside influences um, who are not always unbiased, I mean, we, we've heard the announcing and, and stuff be sometimes over the top and, and sometimes incorrect in their analysis of actually what's even taking place in front of them. So them throwing that in. Plus, I think it affects, you know, maybe it doesn't affect Cormier. Cormier doesn't give a crap he's one of the best mm-hmm. fighters in the world and stuff but i wonder if a normal human being like uh john anik for example i wonder if it changes the way he would um maybe call a fight um out of respect more than anything uh, mm-hmm. just because you're not gonna you know it, it, plus it's not you know you you, you it, at least it just seems like human nature that you're not going to be as open if you know that the people are listening to you especially um with some of the the you know, the egos and stuff involved. Um, mm-hmm. And rightfully so. I mean, 
you know, it, just out of respect, you wouldn't necessarily want to uh, degrade somebody's performance uh, as much as you might when you you're not when they're not listening yeah. to you say it. You know, it's one thing to hear the replay and and them tweet out about, oh, you know, Joe, you're full of crap, or John, you're full of crap. But mm-hmm. it's another thing when it's literally uh, inches away from you and you're hearing it. So, but that that's that's just some of the stuff that that kind of. Uh, the no crowd added that uh, I found interesting, but once, like you said, once the fight started, fights were good. Um, Ryan Spann kicked off the night with a uh, with a split a split decision win over Sam Alvey. Alvey came on late. One of those fights where if there was another five minute round, uh, Alvey probably finishes the fight. Heck, if there's another 30, 40 seconds, uh, he might have finished the fight. Uh, but Ryan Spann picks up the win. Sam Alvey probably, in reality, uh, is reached the end of his run here um, yeah. in the UFC. Uh, his gym has a pretty good relationship with Bellator and some of those things. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, make an appearance in that organization or, uh, or, or anywhere else, maybe PFL, maybe throw him in there and, and see if he can uh, make it, make a run at one of their uh, titles, uh, their, their light heavyweight division stuff. And PFL isn't exactly uh, the, cream of the crop uh, worldwide um although they do have some some good fighters one uh, yeah, former champ fighters to be fighting this week yeah no it's not a knock i'm just saying their depth isn't isn't necessarily there so um i mean if sam alvey entered their their eight-man tournament he probably comes in uh, you know if you're just seeding him out the gate i'd imagine he'd be a four or five seed somewhere right in the middle um just based off his experience and, and he loses a lot of damn close fights. They're not always really exciting, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, weird because I, I feel like he started turning it on towards like the later rounds. Like maybe round three was, was the best round if I'm remembering it right. I mean, there's a lot to, there's a lot to absorb because obviously there's other fights that, that stuck out. Um, you know, because that was the first one, but I mean, like I rewatched, uh, what did I rewatch? Uh, I rewatched, uh, Bryce Mitchell, I rewatched his fight and I rewatched that, that was that was one of the most fun that I mean that was a crazy fight to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, uh Charles Rosa, which was the second fight. I mean, uh we saw uh Mitchell in his last fight pull off the uh the twister, but this fight was like a grappling I mean this th- that was that was incredible. I mean, Rosa props to him, man. I mean I, I you know, it's been a long time since I've I've been on the map, but just even trying to defend that kind of stuff for two minutes at a time uh, for 15 minutes of just constant. I mean, just, just the most, I mean, I don't even, I can't even think of a fight where I've seen that in the last, I can't think of, uh, I mean, the way he set up those, those takedowns and and fell into the position to go for it as many times as he did in that fight. I was, uh, I was surprised by it. I mean, um, I compared it to if, if you remember from WCW Diamond Dallas Page, he used to hit the diamond cutter from anywhere. <laughs> like the second time he did it, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "This guy just just took him down and fell into the twister position again." Um, I mean, but his, just his overall control. I mean, I, I'm sure there's there's like people there's anti grappling fans out there that were booing that, but I mean, there's not there was definitely nothing to boo there. That was that was some great that was uh that was some that, great that's fighting. the kind of grappling that we had that. that a just bleed fan I would imagine would want to see. I mean, that it doesn't get any better than that. You're showing the the masterfulness of knowing how to 
control somebody on the ground. And like you said, to fall into those positions, we've seen less, what, three twisters in the UFC, in the in, in, all, <laughs> in all of major yeah. MMA history. We've I can only, you know, we, if you talk Bellator, Strike Force, Pride, WEC, and, and UFC, you know, there's only been like two or three twisters ever accomplished. He did one in his last fight. And to basically, I mean, he was, you know, I think Joe Rogan said it best. He's like, click nine or something out of click 10 mm-hmm. of finishing this off. And he got to that click nine, like four times in that fight. Yeah. Um, on top of that, all the head and arm chokes that he transitioned into. Um, like I said, I, I mean, for Rosa to be able to survive to the decision um, really says a lot about his, you know, defensive grappling, oh. which is, ob- I mean, it's off the charts. Uh, you know, being you, able to you, get out of you, that stuff. You mentioned uh, something uh, just to go back to the first fight with uh, Alvy, just because you mentioned the head and arm. Um, early, <clears throat> early in round one with Alvy and Span, he got a standing arm triangle. That there was one point that I actually thought he went out for a little bit, and then he, I, and I guess Span let go. I mean, did you get that indication or? or... No, he he got real purple. It was funny yeah. because. Of course, it's smiling Sam Alvey. Well, he got real purple, and then all of a sudden he smiled. And I, for a, mi- a minute, like you said, it kind of was like, well, is he kind of spazzing out? And is he oh, yeah. conscious? <laughs> but it sounds, I mean, it appeared that he was just kind of smiling at the ref to mm-hmm. let him know visually, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know. And then shortly after that, he got out of it. But um, who ref that first fight? Was it? I don't I remember. Think who. It, I, wa- I think it was Miragliata. Um, uh. I think I, let me see if I can pull it up. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, let's see. Yeah. Mir- was the ref. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we have to bring it up because I, 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 I kind of felt your, I, I, I could have swore. I felt you twinging during the, during, uh, cause, uh, uh, your favorite ref got a lot of praise for this event. I mean, both Joe Rogan and Dominic Cruz praised, uh, Herb Dean. <laughs> Uh, especially for the, I mean, obviously with the stoppage in the in the main event, but then the whole thing with Dominic Cruz, where he he was bashing uh, uh, Keith Peterson. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, what 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 was your take on the uh, first of all? What was your take on the Cruz uh, Cejudo Cruz stoppage? I mean, I know we're jumping to the co-main, but uh, obviously I wanted to break your balls about. I, 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 uh, <laughs> well, I went into the fight rooting for Dominic Cruz, so yeah. obviously. I- I wanted him to win. I'm not a huge fan of Cejudo. I think the dude's a killer. I think he's uh, one of the best uh, under 140 pound fighters mm-hmm. that we've ever seen in the history of the sport. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I didn't. And, and usually I'm the guy that kind of jumps in and, and does have a problem when I, when I think it's quick. <laughs> um, for me, the knee is diff- taking a knee like that is different than getting dropped by a punch. Maybe that's just perception, but uh, he got drilled with a knee. And honestly, there's been a lot of times in the history of the sport where fights would have been called simply on him going down from that knee. The Um, way he went down, yeah. He went down. His eyes were kind of wobbled. I mean, he was was dazed. That knee was a, 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 you know, devastating shot. The thing that really kind of solidified it, though, was the the follow up shot to me. Um, the first punch after the knee, when Cejudo jumped in, I mean, he 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 drilled it. Uh, he caught it was a right hand kind of diving in, and he and he drilled him. And so from that point on, to me, uh, Cruz kind of needs to. He can't just be on all fours taking shots. Uh, you know, I, I I'd like to see the the I like to see fights go to the finish. 
Um, but I didn't have a problem from a ref's perspective. He saw the knee, he saw the follow-up, and then he saw about eight or nine more shots to the back of the head um, on Cruz on all fours. He couldn't see Cruz's eyes and face based off the positioning. Um, and then Cruz hops up. Well, we've seen guys get knocked out and basically come to um, – and, and some of those fights I haven't always been happy about the stoppage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been vocal about it, but uh, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I, I, Me neither. And honestly, Keith Peterson, uh, I, I know Cruz came out uh, kind of talking out of his ass about him. Um, I, I, I've never had a problem with Keith Peterson. I mean, when we think – you can't – I mean, I, I would ask you if you could think of another situation. The guy's been around for a while. He's been refing UFC fights for at least, you know, I would say six or seven years. Uh, was in Bellator a lot before that. Um and a lot of and, other, you know, yeah. LFC and stuff. It seemed like he was a lot of the Midwest stuff. And I can't think of anything off the top of my head where there was any other situations where there was any controversy in any of his fights. So yeah, that's, involving that's, him. No, I, I've never seen anything uh, with him having a problem either. I mean, and the other thing too. I mean, I, I kind of like to be a little objective about it. I mean, so if you're in, if you're in uh, Keith Peterson's shoes, and you see what what we saw that we all kind of obviously looked like uh, Cruz was done. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, you know, with everything going on and all the extra precautions and protocols that were in place because of what's going on with the pandemic. Of course, maybe maybe these refs were jumping in a little early. You know what I mean? Or maybe yeah. he, you know what I mean. So in that sense, it's just like you know, fighters won't protect themselves, as they say. Justin Gaethje says it all the time. I need someone to protect me from myself. Of course, they're always going to want to keep fighting to win to the point that it's it's probably unhealthy for them. So I mean, he did his job, and I and again, like you said, I'm I'm with you. I, I didn't have a problem with the stoppage, and I mean, I, I as much as I wanted Cruz to win, I did pick Cejudo to win, and and that was kind of why. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I thought the stoppage was fine. Uh, Cejudo looked great. Uh, Cruz looked good for that uh, that second round until he got caught. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably looking to even up the fight. The first round was really close, but I think Cejudo probably won it. Um, and then the second round, Cruz was kind of getting some momentum going, was getting his uh, his bounce going, and uh, just kind of bounced into a knee and, and got and got caught. Yeah. So, uh, good fight. Uh, then, like I said, afterwards, uh, Cruz what said uh, Peterson was smelling like cigarettes and alcohol mm-hmm. or something or whatever, you know, something to that effect. And yeah, uh, I I think that's uh, that's uncalled for. Um, I do, I, I do think referees should be drug tested and and tested. Yeah, that would so be. Uh, I, I, I feel like I feel like Mario Yamasaki would have popped for a lot of things if, if they yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with that. I think that 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 should be mandatory, and the fact that it's not, uh, or at least the fact that it doesn't appear to be true at all, um, I think is crazy. Uh, I think that there should definitely be some kind of protocol, uh, mm-hmm. at least a. Uh, you know, whether you're not going to draw blood, at least some kind of cognizant test uh, given prior to the to the fights or the event. And I know all the referees around anybody who's been to a fights and been close sees that the referees are always they're 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 always huddle up between fights. There's the huddles. They're talking yeah. to the commission. They're talking to judges. Um, in a lot of the Bellator, when when John McCarthy was still a ref, he was kind of the the head dog, it seemed like, you know, especially for the California events. And, and he would always be kind of calling the guys around and checking on them. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. So for somebody to be smelling like alcohol or cigarettes and booze, uh, 
it, it, somebody else would have caught on to that. I, I don't think that would have uh, flown under the radar, uh, especially at a UFC event. You know, maybe some some reservation event or somewhere in the middle of you know nowhere, uh, mm-hmm. with one referee and you know one doctor at the whole thing. Maybe that that sneaks through, but. Not not at a UFC event, so I thought that was kind of bush league for him to to go that route. Um, you bring up, uh, you know, you jokingly you bring it up, Herb Dean. Um, you know, your favorite ref. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, I he did do a good job in the main event. Uh, the main event, Justin Gagey, uh, somewhat shocks the world. I know we both picked him to win, but the general MMA world was a little bit shocked. I, I think we were all shocked by how. Uh, how great of a performance it was. Uh, a lot of us thought he would win. I, I didn't think it would be that easy for him. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I can't say enough about, I mean, he, he talked about how Trevor Whitman kind of, uh, it made him evolve. I can't say, cause I've, I've seen, I've, I've been watching Justin Gaethje fight. I mean, I saw all his WSOF fights. So I, I've, I've seen him fight so much. I mean, he was so different, especially with, with the, the fact that he was calm, he never really went in for the kill. Even at, at points where he, I'm, I was so used to him, where he would kind of like just come and, and, and like be overzealous when he landed a good shot. He never did that. Footwork, head movement, all that stuff. I was just like, this is this is a new guy fighting tonight. And uh, that that you know that audio already made its way around in the fourth round between round four and five when he was when he was about to go nuts and, and his coach kind of checked him and was like you need to calm down and he reminded him he's like this is what happened in the last those two fight losses and he was like yeah yeah and i i it was just it was great to see and that's one thing about no crowds is that i, I kind of liked being able to hear all that on both sides i mean even with ferguson's corner when uh i don't know what eddie, eddie bravo recommended doing an imanari so late in the fight that i was just like he he tried it too and and uh i don't, I, I think ferguson also deserves credit for for uh, I mean, you know, he even said, "I wish he would have finished me." And I'm, I mean, uh, you know, I, I get where he's coming from, but you were, you were, he took a, he took a lot of damage. Yeah, he took a lot of damage. Um, uh, I, I, I think the, I felt like the difference for me with with Gagey was, you know, usually we either see him he gets like an early knockout, mm-hmm. or he ends up into some giant firefight. And in the UFC, it's been kind of hit or miss late rounds um, against guys. Uh, uh, you know, Poirier and uh, stuff like that, where it hasn't necessarily uh, worked his way. Uh, this one was, and, and Eddie Alvarez, um, this one, but those fights were both close, like, you know, <laughs> slug fest. Yeah. I felt like this one, as he got past like the third round, he was in such control that, it was almost like, and, and his corner helped with this, but it yeah. was almost like, dude, you can win a decision. I mean, it's great to go out there and just and just murder somebody, but you've, you're fighting a really dangerous dude right now who's taking mm-hmm. your stuff, and he's still coming forward. So let's not, yeah. and you and you got dropped badly at the end of round two, um, almost nearly saved yeah. by the bell uh, in a round that he was winning. I still thought he won the round despite that uh, a couple of the judges disagreed and gave it to Ferguson, but I felt like this was the one fight that I've seen in Gagey that I can really remember where he totally was dominating and didn't have to necessarily risk himself to the point yeah. of just dropping hands and putting the chin out there and just going for it. Um, so that was, that was interesting to see the transition from all of his fights being just these firefights to dude, I got this. I'm kicking ass. 
everything I'm throwing is landing. My kick punch combination right now is just devastating. Um, he's not going down like 99% of my opponents have in the past, but, mm-hmm. but I'm snapping his head every punch. Um, there's blood everywhere. Both eyes are cut. Yeah, I got targets. You know, I don't need to go nuts if I win a decision. Turns out fifth round, uh, after coming out doing his thing about halfway through the round, he uh, he he just he throws a combination, puts uh, Ferguson really starts shaking his head, dazed, uh, and, and Herb Dean steps in and 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 really saves the day. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have honestly had any problem with something like that almost around earlier. Uh, you know, there, I, I, I was commenting with some other people and there was some agreement that, you know, this, the, these are fights that change people. I know we saw Ferguson after the fight dancing in the hospital and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- most fighters, when they take a beating like that, don't come back the same. It, no. It's like, it's like any sport, you're a quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you the get best, your shoulder shredded, you don't yeah. come back the same. You know, this is I mean, it, it, it's it's almost. A, I mean, when you when you saying that always makes me think of uh, UFC one eighty nine Lawler and, and McDonald. I mean, uh, neither of them. I mean, I know McDonald won a couple of Bellator titles after that, or, or uh, Bellator title fights, and but like uh, they're still they're they're not the same after that. They they leave a piece of themselves in there. Yeah, it's it's just nat- I mean it's brain damage. I mean we can sugarcoat it as much as we want. It's yeah. it's your 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 brain is affected from going through something like that. It slows everything down. In MMA, once that starts happening and you're a tenth of a second later on your punch or your reaction time, you start getting hit a lot more, you start getting knocked down. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Ferguson's done. I think he's gonna have some fights, but I think we're gonna start to see a deterioration. Um, based off of that. And he's had wars in the past, but this was like an acu- accumulation of just, I, I mean, dudes just don't take that kind of punishment from a heavy power puncher like Gagey. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to the referee, Herb Dean stepped in, stopped it while Ferguson was still standing. Good job on his part. Um, didn't get involved anywhere during the fight. Um, you know, when Herb Dean's on his game, he, he he's a decent referee. He's a good referee. Um, you know, but I, I just, I also laugh when I see, uh, you know, when, when Cruz was, was going after Keith Peterson, he commented, oh man, I wish I could have had Herb Dean. He's the best referee in the business. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine if, if, uh, if, if, uh, if Cejudo had put him in a chokehold on that when he dropped him and then while giving a thumbs up, Keith Peterson would have stopped the fight. I mean, you know, I, we saw I, that I, happen I, with Herb Dean. Yeah, we ha- it happened in a, a Lawler Askren, but I don't know. I, I don't have the same opinion of him as, as you do. I actually do like him. I consider him one of the better refs out there. I mean, you, I've made it pretty public of the ones I don't like, uh, you know, yeah. with Yamasaki and Jaron Vallela, whatever the hell his name is. And I forget who's the other guy that, that, uh, that's that got a notorious reputation. Mazagati, is it? Yeah, but he hasn't yeah. been around in a decade now. Yeah. I, I, I... I guess my biggest issue with the whole refereeing thing is I, it just seems like we never have any new referees. And I, I find that kind of strange that we're, we're retreading the same guy. I mean, let's say Herb Dean would have screwed up the main event. Let's say he, he, I mean, let's what say you, he, what you kind of said, what you kind of hinted at last week when you were, we were talking about it. I mean, if, you, if, he, if, he, screws, if he screws up the main event, he's still, he's still the referee at the main event this week. Yeah. You know, I wonder, that, I wonder if, uh, if, if, they're using the same. I, I think they're using the same for these three, right? 
they're using the same arena for this Wednesday and, and yeah. Saturday. And then so I would uh, imagine it's the same staff. And I think they're even going to now use it for the 23rd. I think the 23rd was initially supposed to be in Vegas, but mm. I think Vegas put a hold on things for uh, a few extra days. Um, so, but anyways, so, so Gagey becomes the interim title holder, tosses the belt to the side, calls out, uh, uh Habib, um, really a dream fight. We, we may never see the Ferguson Habib fight, but we still could. It'll just be a situation like uh, Chuck and Tito, where uh, it'll be most likely after what uh, both of them have suffered losses yeah. and it'll have a little bit of the, uh, a little bit of a stain on it. Uh, the rest of that card though. Um, I mean, Holy moly. Uh, <laughs> Francis Naganu, man. Uh He's that is a there. scary dude. Yeah, um, his sports psychology looks like he fixed whatever was wrong with him after the Miocic's lost. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anything's changed because he was doing that before the Miocic win. He was folding yeah. fulls. Um, this is four wins in a row. I think all all of his opponents uh, are I, under I, about like forty six seconds. I something. did think it was a little fast for Jaron Zeno uh, Rosenstruck to to fight someone that high up on the rankings. I mean, wasn't he like? 12 or something. I forget how, how where, where Jaron Zeno was ranked, but either way, it doesn't matter because, I mean, uh, uh, Ngannou, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't know till afterwards when he said that Jaron, uh, that Rosenstruck called, called him out. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I vaguely remember it happening after the Overeem fight. Um, right. You know, Ngannou's footwork, he's still got some stuff to work on because when you break down even the finishing strikes, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of wild. I mean, a, a, a seasoned striker who, and, and Rosenstruck is, but he doesn't have any kind of ground game. So there's not really a threat there. I, I, I feel like, um, you know, Ngannou against guys like a Cormier or a Miosic, you can really going to need to tighten his game up and not expose himself. Cause I think a lot of wrestlers in that situation might've been able to duck under some mm-hmm. of that stuff and, and, and and get get low and 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 at least at least wrap him up um but man is he fun to watch i i I haven't always rooted for him there was a kind of a gap where i was kind of like ah who's is this guy just a flash in the pan but he's he's become can't miss uh he's become can't miss yeah and um I mean, really kind of an old school throwback to kind of the Tank Abbott you know Tank Abbott was did a lot of wrestling but um just that that i'm coming for you and i'm I'm gonna kill you, or you're gonna kill me. I mean, basically, is kind of, kind of what what he is, and he's he's such a, a massive specimen that it it, it makes it uh, it makes it fun and, and scary at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, to see what he's doing, um, I I, uh, I see people, you know, oh, Cormier would starch him, and I'm going, I you know, I don't know, I don't know if anybody starches him at this point. I mean, even Miosic, I wouldn't say starched him in their last fight. No. He took him down and, and gave him a lesson on the ground game. Um, but there was moments when, when uh, Ningano was close to landing some stuff. So. Yeah, and and that's how, that not for nothing. I mean, you talk about the potential with him and Cormier or him and Miocic again, but Miocic already laid out. That's how you beat a monster. You know, you, you, don't, you don't stand toe-to-toe and try to, you know, trade blows with him. You have to go. You have to rush in. I mean, Miocic took a lot of damage going in past uh, the barrage of punches uh-huh. to do what he did to get the win over Ngannou. But um, I mean, as, as scary as it is and stuff like that, it's still fighting. You know, it's it, it's it's chess. It's not checkers, and and uh, that's where you see the championship mentalities play out in in, in guys like Miocic. And I, I honestly, I, I I I don't 
I don't see Cormier, you know, finishing him, but I, I definitely think he can outsmart him and, and it'd be a boring one of those, you know, fights that people complain about, but it'd be one of those ones where, where Cormier wrestles him and grinds him and just exhausts him for five rounds to, to get the W that that's how I see him winning. And, and, and in the same thing with Miocic too, if they do it again. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Cormier right now is kind of up in the air for me. I'm not sure if I got to see, you know, every day he goes by, he gets older. Um, he lost his last fight by, by knockout. Um, he, I think he deserves, and I, I hope we get the, the, uh, the Cormier trilogy fight, mm-hmm. uh, because it's been one of, the so tri- that's one of the trilogy fights that I really, really wanted. One of the rare times where I've been like, this is, this is what a trilogy is meant for. We have both guys knocked the other one out. Yeah. Uh, now it's time to do it. Um, clearly two of the, at the, you know, the top two heavyweights, um, you know, definitely the top two, maybe, you know, Ninganu is moving into that realm just based off of his, uh, off of his wins. I mean, you can't yeah. deny putting out Overeem and, and blades twice and, and, and Kane Velasquez and, and now Rosenstruck, uh, also quickly, um, excuse me uh but devastating to watch i look forward to his next fight i can't wait to see uh where where he goes i don't even know who he would fight right now um because you would think winning a fight that quick in 16 seconds without any damage ideally <laughs> you'd like ideally you'd like to move on and yeah. get him a fight sooner than well, later i know uh he did an interview with helwani and, and i don't really watch his stuff so i mean and I, people say i should but i mean it's like you, know, you can get the news He's not the only guy doing MMA news out there. So, um, but I know he did an interview where he kind of said he was a little bit uh, frustrated with the with the because the heavyweight division is obviously you know the UFC wants to do Daniel Cormier the favor of of giving him that fight with Miocic. We know Miocic's first responder being held up, but we talked about it last week with uh, you know the pandemic and not being able to train and stuff. And it's hard to argue against the champion wanting to, to train at a championship level to defend his title. You know, I mean. Granted, we just saw this past weekend with the interim title and Justin Gage, the Justin Gaethys of the world ready to go no matter what, but it is what it is. I mean, um, we only have like a, a little over 20 minutes left and there's two more events coming up. So I guess we should uh, we should probably talk about uh, what's going on, <laughs> what's going down in Florida this week. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it continues. One quick little thing uh, just for people that didn't watch it. Kelvin Cater. Uh, oh, yeah. Devastating knockout over uh jeremy stevens if you didn't see that you haven't seen the highlights look that up uh brutal uh as as brutal as it gets uh when you come to uh knocking out somebody uh, in one of the few times in you know 40 fights or so or 45 fights that the stevens has been put out like that so mm-hmm. check that one out anthony pettis also picks up a very close decision win over cowboy cerrone uh fight i didn't necessarily agree with the judges i thought cerrone had won the fight in a close fight but uh certainly not a robbery so we'll see where pettis goes it's four losses in a row for cerrone uh, mm-hmm. we'll see see how that uh how that unfolds for him hopefully uh that that uh, mcgregor fight uh, put some extra cash in his pocket and uh, maybe he can kind of fade off into the sunset a little bit with his, with his family and his, uh, his young son. So that was that, but yeah, Wednesday we get a rare uh, kind of throwback to the uh, mid two thousands uh, <laughs> Wednesday uh, fight night uh, this Wednesday. And then as you can see there, if you're watching on, uh, on the stream uh, Saturday, we get uh, a event also, but uh, Wednesday uh, main event, uh, Anthony 
Smith versus uh, Glover Teixeira. Uh, I want to say new blood versus old blood, but uh, fight-wise, they're really both kind of old blood. Uh, Smith uh, with nearly uh, 50 or with, what, 50 fights now? Uh, so well, we, we know we can't go by these stats. Yeah, but... that's why I'll, I'll make sure I'll pull up uh, my own. But uh, what are they? Do they even have I, stats on it? Yeah, I can bring it up. Uh, this is courtesy of UFC.com, folks, for the folks watching the stream. Uh, notoriously inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, and as usual. Uh, wow, they got Glover right. Somehow they got <laughs> they got Glover right, and they're two fights off on Anson Anthony Smith. So, uh, really, uh, Glover's been the kind of the constant top contender. In the light heavyweight division, uh, people kind of signed him off, thought he was done after his loss to Corey Anderson. Uh, but since then, he's uh, reeled off three wins against some tough opponents, Carl Robertson, Ian Kuntalaba, and uh, in most impressive one was Nikita Krylov um, in his last outing, picked up a split decision win there. Mm-hmm. Um, so three fights in a row, uh, moves right back into title contention with a win here. Uh, is that the and, case for both of them? Yeah, I mean, I guess my thing, and, and we've seen Anthony Smith compete in that. He competed in that Quintana event, but when I look at it, he his last fight was last June. So yeah, he, well, it, I mean, he had the hand. Uh, he had the hand. He, he didn't. He I, the, thought, I thought he only coached Quintet because because he was still healing from the hand uh, situation. No, he had, he had matches against Gregor Gracie and Jay Z. Oh, okay. uh, oh that's, the coach, that's right. He was I'm the coach the that competed. One. I'm thinking of that, that Uriah Faber copycat version. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, this was the one that was uh, before the the night before, two nights yeah. before the in June or in uh, January. But yeah, I, I just I, in my mind, I feel like we've seen him more. And to think that his last fight was basically a year ago. I know we've had this last couple months have been uh, a change of you know things haven't happened, but. Um, I, that was kind of weird. Um, so he's got a win over Alexander Gustafson. Prior to that was his loss to John Jones. Um, and then he had three wins prior to that to, to earn the title shot. I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, what we got, Tiago Santos. Uh, we got Reyes. Um, I, 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 Jones has wins over all, all four of those guys now. So, um I feel like if Glover gets a win and it's, if he gets a finish, I feel like maybe you give the guy a bone and you go, Hey, we're going to give you one, you know, it would eliminate, that would eliminate Smith. Maybe you do Reyes Santos and then you do Glover and Jones too, and give it, go, Hey, take your shot. Uh, I mean, not for nothing. Maybe it's a shot against Jones. Who's not on steroids. You know, I, I, (laughs) I mean, we, we, we never know, but, uh, I would, uh, I'd like to see it. I think four wins in a row, especially if he's able to finish Smith, would would be deserving. Because um, otherwise, what's he going to do? He's going to we're going to put him in there against Reyes. It seems like he's start knocking out some of the top contenders uh, and, and bouncing guys around. So, uh, but I, I, I'm so with that said, I'm going to actually pick Glover Teixeira in this fight. Uh, I, I I like the old veteran. I mm-hmm. like the uh, I like his ground game, um, and I like his toughness. I, I know. Smith has has had his had his moments, but I just uh, I, I I don't want to doubt. I'm not going to doubt Glover. I, I I'm going to pick him to win uh, by like fourth round head and arm choke. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. Like you said, I mean, I, I know Glover's been winning and, and whatnot, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I still, for no per- reason in particular, I, I still think, I, I, I feel like we're going to see Anthony Smith against John Jones again. I, I, I mean, uh, I know he was um, off his game when they fought. It wasn't his best fight, but uh, the fights that got him there are the ones that uh, I'm, I'm remembering, sort of. So I actually... Sure, dog asked us to submit our our picks. I submitted him as my pick for uh, for this. I don't think he finishes Glover. Maybe a decision, but you know, it does depend on who shows up. The version of Anthony Smith that we get, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I I I'm I'm gonna disagree with you and pick Anthony Smith. I mean, there's a few fights on that card that that are. Uh, this is an ESPN Plus event, so. <laughs> You know how I feel about those. Yeah, the entire fight's on ESPN+. Plus. Um, the co-main event is uh, Ben Rothwell uh, versus uh, Olven St. Preux. Coming up from uh, light heavyweight, saw he weighed in today at 240 pounds, which uh, was a bit surprising to me. Uh, I didn't <laughs> realize he would be that heavy. Uh, and that, that changes things, uh, definitely changes things, because now all of a sudden you've got two guys who are fairly close in height and uh, – now, at least within, you know, you got a 240 against basically 265. I don't know if Rothwell's cutting, so maybe let's say Rothwell's 275. But at mm-hmm. least you get, uh, you know, at least you got two true sized heavyweights in the cage. Uh, with that said, I'm still going to go with Rothwell. I uh, I think it's a big jump uh, for, for St. Preux, uh, somebody who's also competed at middleweight to, uh, to jump all the way up to uh, – all the way up here, I think it's a little bit. Uh, I, I think Rothwell might be too big of a, a, a fish for him to try to take down in his first heavyweight run here. Uh, somebody more in the the two thirty to two forty mm. range probably would have been better. I think. I, Roth, I think. I think it's just going to be a hard matchup. I think Rothwell will end up catching him with a punch, mm. or end up getting on top on the ground, and uh, and and doing some ground and pound. I can't remember the last time Rothwell fought or how he did. Um, which is probably why I went with OSP for for this fight. But um, I mean, uh, you know, I know he's got that uh, that unique choke that he caught Barnett with. I mean, he's um, he's definitely uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's definitely the probably the heavier hitter between the two because because of the extra weight and stuff. So um, I'm I, I I officially went with OSP, but I'm not going to be surprised if uh, Rothwell takes that one. Yeah, so Rothwell's coming off. He had three fights ago. He had a really close decision loss to Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, then Ar- Arlovsky put up a great performance, beat him by decision. And then he beat Stefan Struve by knockout. I don't know if you remember, it was in that fight. There was a lot of controversy uh, where he hit Struve with two devastating low blows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was a Herb Dean. Uh, I don't know if it was a Herb Dean one. Was that where the one where the one where the referee <laughs> said that it won't go to the? Uh, I think it was actually Mirgliata, um, where he said it wouldn't go to the the judges because it wasn't far enough in the fight, and that turned out to be false information. Oh, so yeah, Struve, yeah. Struve ended up coming back and then ended up getting knocked out um, with seconds left in the second round of that fight. So uh, I, I just think Rothwell's still big and competitive and I'm just not sure how St. Prue would beat him necessarily unless he's, unless he really shows good boxing and is able to really stick and move. I'm not, I'm not sure where, how do, how do you think that St. Prue, I mean, do you think he takes him down or wears him out? 
or what do you see? I just feel, I feel like he might he he may um uh, either outpoint out him maybe uh just be, be because being the lighter guy light on his feet maybe the does like a stick and move type of situation or if or if he does take him down you know you know OSP is isn't OSP uh wait a minute am I confusing him with uh I feel like OSP uh no no yeah I, I he's definitely because he's the one that does this stuff right yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm not confusing him yeah so so I just feel like he might be able to maybe not finish him I just feel like he can win a decision like just by being more active that's possible. That's, I mean, that's the way I think you would have to win. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, like I said, unless he gets Rothwell tired and manages to, to get him down or, or drop him with a punch. But, uh, yeah. interesting fight. I, I like these fights when you start seeing guys come up and wait and seeing how, seeing how it'll develop. Plus, it's, uh, you know, with him weighing in at 240, like I said, it's mm-hmm. you got a true heavyweight fight. Of this, um, uh, of this, event or do any other fights stick out to you the other one that i mean there's some other the alex hernandez drew dober fights a good fight um simon borg i mean there's a lot of solid fights the one that just jumps out to me is like i said always an old school and a heavyweight fan is andre arlowski and felipe lens uh lens coming in uh making his ufc debut after winning the pfl uh heavyweight championship tournament um he also had you know some 18 champion right 2018 uh I don't. Or was it this past New Year's I Eve? I think it was this past New Year's Eve. I should uh, know because I was there, but I, I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> I think. Let me pull it up. I'm pretty sure it was this past one, uh, because I don't think there was a. Uh, it, no, twelve eighteen. So you're right. So yeah, it was. So year. So he hasn't had a fight in almost a year and a half, which is, which is a weird turn of events um i wonder how they're gonna do the coronavirus test on arlovsky with his crooked nose (laughs) (laughs) that's that's an interesting take i I, I didn't think about that one but um, i mean i I think lens is gonna win that fight but i just looking at this image of him and how he's tilted to the side to try to straighten his nose it's it's still noticeably like they have to go in through they usually go in through the right nostril so I guess that that's the clear side. I guess. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's just an interesting fight. Uh, Arlovsky uh, did lose his last fight to Rosenstruck, but prior to that had, had looked great against Rothwell. Uh, I mean, I, I'll take Linz as well, just based off being the younger uh, fighter without, you know, Arlovsky's damage. Just, just a fight that jumps out at me. Like I said, interesting because you got, you know, a, a UFC legend essentially. And, and, uh, and then the kind of the new heavyweight in town, uh, with a PFL uh, championship uh, on his resume now. So that's interesting, but yeah, I mean, a handful of good fights. Uh, Marais Eubanks, a good female fight. Uh, Johnson, Tiago Moises, um, a lot of good action. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked to have a Wednesday card uh, that we can, uh, I mean, that we can watch on a Wednesday. Uh, let's see. I see a start time of uh, prelims at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, so that's normal. Pacific, so standard uh, standard time. Uh, and then uh, and then we do get a Saturday card also. So That's uh, on, on regular ESPN as they should be. The Yeah, the prelims are on ESPN Plus, though. They can't even – they can't just give uh-huh. it all to you. <laughs> they got to uh, – they got to try to cross it up and cross it over a little bit. Um, but that Saturday we get uh, the fight that was initially scheduled for the Portland event uh, that was canceled uh, and 
uh, was surrounded around the the sad story of Walt Harris, uh, yeah, losing his stepdaughter after she was uh, kidnapped and and murdered. Uh, so that's it's Walt Harris really coming back with a uh, with a good story to uh, you know to got something to really fight for and something in, in his mind right now to try to get through that uh, that terrible situation. But uh, that's him and Overeem. Uh, two hard hitters Overeem looked great in his last fight until the last, you know, seven seconds uh, yeah. between, before Rosenstruck uh, separated his lip from his face. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, that's, it's a hard fight to call. Uh, Harris doesn't have the best record in the world. He's 13 and seven, but he's been known to put some people on their asses early. Uh, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Overeem. Um, I just feel like he's the better fighter. Always, any version of him has been the will be the better fighter than Walt Harris. Um, it's just the the X factor is where's Walt Harris's head? I mean, maybe we see somebody who's never trained as hard as you know. Is is there is there just a new kind of force behind him with what happened? Uh, yeah, or- I mean, I'm leaning towards that. I, I feel like you know he he needs a win, and uh, you know, with all the frustration and everything, I mean, I I think Overeem might be in for a you know, I, again, like you said, they, they, when you when you talk about ring time and experience, and you know, I I, I think uh, that's over. Overing probably has the edge there, but I just feel like uh, I don't. Harris just strikes me as a type of guy that I didn't submit any official picks yet, but just looking at it and, and thinking about it, I feel like I feel like it. Plus, is he younger? I don't know who's. I I don't think they put their ages up on there. Um. I think, yeah, Harris is 36. Overeem's got to be older than 36, right? Overeem is uh, 39, yeah. So he's the younger fighter. He doesn't have the wear and tear. Um, he's not coming off getting blasted uh, in his last <laughs> fight. Yeah. Um, he's, he's on a small winning streak. Uh, <clears throat> you know, he took out Olianek in, in like 11 seconds in, in mm. one of his fights. And um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like... He, he, Overeem is one of those guys that I mean he gets caught, but uh, in a lot of those fights he, he he's outclassing people until he gets caught. So we'll we'll just have to see. I mean I think both of the, I think Harris's chin will be tested. I don't think this is going to be a fight where he's going to come in and just knock out Overeem in the first ten or eleven seconds. I think he's yeah. going to have to deal with a little bit of adversity. Um, his body's going to get tested with knees probably. He's going to get you know there's going to be some. I think it's going to be a fight. I think we're going to get a good heavyweight fight. Um, I just lean over him until, until I see, you know, Harris. I, I don't know. I just don't know where he's going to be at mentally. So we'll just have to see. I mean, it might be one of those things where he goes on a huge run after this. Yeah. And he's not, if this would be third, this would be his third win in a row. And in the heavyweight division, again, that, that starts getting you into to title contention fairly quick. So we'll see. Uh, but, uh, any other, uh, I mean, uh, there's a, a few fights, uh, Co-main event's a good fight. Claudia yeah. Gadelia, Angela Hill. Angela Hill's like the Iron Woman of the uh, of the women's division. Actually, really, almost the Iron Woman of the Iron Fighter of the UFC at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's as active as she is. Uh, I don't think she gets. I think I think Gadelia wins this fight, much like my pick kind of in the main event. I I think she's a little bit uh, higher class fighter. Um, this this fight right here, the Song Yudong. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be the one that I think that uh, you, that does start off the main card. Yeah. Starts off the main card and and if 
if anyone saw his last fight, I mean, it was a quick one. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, that's a good fight right there. Yeah. It's, uh, that's that's even a tough one to pick. I mean, wow, the records—they're just terrible at that that website. <laughs> um, well, you you're, you got to be on the you got to be run, on the running back with the with the real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I've never seen him be off by three losses. Is yeah, check Yadong songs. Yeah, he's got four losses, not one. So that's that's a pretty, you know, that's that's one that'll stand out at you. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't really make a pick on that, but I think that that's definitely fight of the night written all over it. Yeah. Um, two heavy punching, uh, active fighters. So, I mean, I I think we're in for uh, an awesome week. Uh, I, I mean, I just I hope again all this is is kind of on you know a little bit of the you know everybody's got to keep clearing their test matt brown comes back i mean you, you don't that's a lot of fireworks no matter mm-hmm. what he's he's doing there's gonna be something violent's gonna go down in that fight but uh hopefully everybody passes their tests hopefully there's no issues um i know one fighter missed weight today uh for wednesday's event uh gosh who missed weight somebody was a pound and a half off oh um, uh was it kelleher no i'd have to pull the card back i, I saw that i saw that on a, yeah it's gonna take forever to load, <laughs> but uh, it must have been Kelleher because I don't recognize anybody. I, I I have to double check Twitter, but I believe it was probably him. But anyways, it was only a pound and a half. Uh, yeah. I think the fight's still gonna go down, um, and then hopefully everything goes smooth for uh, Saturday. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week, and then uh, it looks like we're getting uh, Gilbert Burns versus uh, Woodley. Uh, for May twenty third, yeah, following week. That's a, and that's a barn burner of a fight. One that we've, uh, you know, people on Twitter have been uh, have been looking forward to. If if we can make it happen, yeah. I mean, it looks like um, I mean UFC's full steam ahead. Um, everyone else is looking at July for a return as far as uh, MMA. I mean, well, there's some other regional regional stuff. I know Titan FC has an event the end of this month, May thirtieth. They announced it. Uh, they're based in Florida, Titan FC, so no surprise there. And then, um, you know, so slowly but surely, uh, mixed martial arts is trickling back. I mean, shout out to MMA for being the first kind of big sport back in the, you know, uh, apparently horse racing and 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 uh, slap fights or whatever the fuck else has been <laughs> has been going on a uh, uh, shuffleboard or, or cornhole or whatever the hell. That was one thing that pissed me off about about <laughs> about uh. When they switched over to the pay per view on from ESPN on Saturday, that was the first thing up was was uh, cornhole. Cornhole. I was like, are you, I'm like curl cornhole championship. I was like, you could be showing, you know, how many people just switched off of your channel right now because you switched over. You could just you could have just showed the whole thing. Of course, I mean I'm wrong. I'm stupid because they were they report. I know you you always say how we don't really know the real numbers, but they're saying right. seven hundred thousand pay per view buys. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure. What do I know? But still. I feel like I feel like whoever does your advertising, sales pitches, and stuff to take care of that money, y- y'all could have made the money doing that instead of showing goddamn cornhole. I mean, I get the pay per view. We've, we've talked about this. The, the the Wednesday night, all this or this tomorrow night's all ESPN Plus thing doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but yeah, but nothing tends to make sense. So. <laughs> uh, fans can follow us at combat hour on Twitter, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter. 
Carbeerzal on Instagram. Ed, uh, we got about 25 fights we'll be able to talk about next week and oh, yeah. then preview the following show. So uh, hang in there, man, and uh, see how things unfold. We'll see you next week. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.